He's calling us into relationship this morning. Come on, would you just take a moment and go there? I worship you, Lord. I long for you. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to be like you. Hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I worship you. I love you. Your loving kindness is better than life. I will lift my hands towards your holy name. I will lift my voice to glorify you, to worship you. Lord, you are my God. You are the Lord of all today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's lift up a shout of praise as we worship Jesus. I love you. I worship you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We serve a holy God. We serve a God who is holy. There is no fault in him. There is no lie in him. There is no failure in him. There is no iniquity in him. There is no infirmity in him. But Jesus is a living God. And if I feel like the woman with the issue of blood this morning who pressed her way through a multitude of people and said within herself, if I may just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I wonder if we could stretch our hands to the Lord one more time today and just decide we're going to touch the hem of his garment. Amen. That we're going to press our way into his presence this morning. Would you just take a moment and be personal with the Lord right where you are? Amen. This is not about you looking here towards this platform. This is about you and Jesus. Lord Jesus, I hunger and thirst for you. I want to know you. I want to touch you. I know, Lord, that if I touch you, I will be made whole. I'm going to press my way into your presence. I'm going to press my way towards your glory. I'm going to press my way towards your holiness, towards your majesty, Lord. You are holy. I will lay hold of you today. I will draw near to you today. I will believe on you today that what you say is true and that you're mighty to save and mighty to heal today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask for those. I'm going to, this time we're going to dismiss for nursery. We have children ages one through three. Amen. If you'll exit the sanctuary doors and to the left, we have nursery for you today. Amen. I'm going to ask, if possible, amen, that, that our graduates that are able to and age appropriate to, would sit on this front row. Amen. I want to speak to my from my heart today, but I feel the Lord has given us in this service. 
Amen. So graduates, if you'll make your way. Amen. I don't know where Lydia is. Amen. But we're going to, amen, we're going to minister the word of the Lord today. While you're standing, let's turn to Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 3. Joshua 24, verses 1 through 3. Amen. And for sake of time, I'm going to get right through this. We're going to read 1 through 3 and skip down to verses 13 through 15. The Bible says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Skipping down to verse 13. Let me just pause here and say in between verse 3 and verse 13 that Joshua shares over 500 years of God's faithfulness to the children of Israel. Take time to read it. I don't, for time's sake, I'm going to skip right to verse 13. But the, Joshua begins to list the Lord's resume over 500 years to the generation present and the generations before. Verse 13, the Bible says, And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them. Of the vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. After all these blessings, after all these miracles, after all these protections, after all this favor and kindness and mercy, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose, everyone say choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side before the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And on this graduation Sunday, I want to speak to our graduates, but to everyone in this house today on this subject, choices. Choices. Would you... Lift your hands unto the Lord one more time and pray and ask the Lord to have his way in this service. Jesus, we come before your awesome presence today to worship you in spirit and in truth. We've come to open up our hearts to hear and to heed. 
your holy word. We've come, Lord God, to be a people who you've brought out of darkness into your marvelous light. Let us walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, let us put away the evil deeds, Lord God. Let us put away the things of this world and pursue righteousness and holiness and purity and fellowship and communion with you, Lord Jesus. Let us choose you this day for you, Lord Jesus, are the only choice that really matters and that really lasts. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the church say amen. Can we clap our hands one more time as the Lord, as you're seated today? Amen. Amen. Choices. Everybody say choices. Life is full of choices. Our choices define us. Our choices determine who we become. Our choices determine our destiny. Life is full of choices. We are not the total sum or product of our environment, maybe in childhood to a degree. But we who are adults and live our lives are the product of our choices. We may not be able to choose in life what happens to us, but we can choose how we respond to how life happens to us. Our choices determine our destiny. I may not choose to be wounded, but I can choose to stay wounded. I can choose healing. I can choose blessing. I can choose growth today. In this chapter of Joshua 24, Joshua gathers all of the tribes of Israel together, and the Lord reminds them of his faithfulness towards them throughout 500 years of many generations. The Lord established his covenant. That word covenant means an agreement. The Lord, when he establishes a covenant with someone, the Lord says, if you do this, then I will do that. It's an agreement. It's a promise. It's a covenant that God makes with man. And the Lord establishes covenant or agreement with Abraham, who was the son of a pagan man. This man, Abraham's father, whose name was Terah, was an idol worshiper. I didn't get the exact word count, but it's incomparable if you look at how many times Abraham's father is mentioned in Scripture. It's less than 20 times in the entire Bible, 
amen, compared to how many times Abraham is mentioned in the word of God. It has everything to do with their choices, amen, and the choices that they make determined their destiny. Terah, Abraham's father, worshipped false gods and turned his heart away from the Lord, the one true and living God. Abraham's father, Terah, made a choice. He chose to be an idol worshiper. He chose to give himself to that which had no substance nor salvation for his soul. Terah gave himself to an image formed, amen, by man's hands. Terah refused to believe in the Lord. You want to know how I know that? Because the Lord always reaches to man. The Lord always makes himself known to man. There won't be a human being that has ever lived and has ever died who can ever say, the Lord never came to me. The Lord comes to every man. And we have a choice with how every one of us will respond to the Lord. Tara made a choice not to believe the Lord. But Abraham chose differently. Abraham chose differently. Genesis 15, verse 1, the Bible says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. This is before his covenant name. But the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And in this scripture, you got to understand, these are the early stages of Abram's relationship with God. We've got to understand something today. God always initiates. God always initiates. We, I know we, we say things like, I found Jesus. But the truth is, we responded to Jesus. He found us. Amen. He was calling to us. But just one day, we decided not to ignore him any longer. And we said, yes, I will respond to relationship with you. And so... These are the early stages of Abraham's relationship with God. And so Abram is still trying to learn God. And the Lord says to Abram, fear not, I am your shield or I'm your protector. And I am your exceeding great reward. And in verse 3, Abram said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born is mine heir. Next verse. 
And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Abram is concerned. Lord, how do I know I can trust you? How do I know I can follow you? Amen. Abram, if you do this, I will do that. And in verse 6, the Bible says that Abraham responded, the Bible says, and he believed in the Lord. What are you believing, Abraham? I'm believing that what the Lord, who I can't see with my physical eye and who I can't touch with my physical hand, I believe that what the Lord is saying to me is true. I believe that he's going to provide the seed in the children that he promised me. I believe he's going to lead me into a land that I've never seen before in my life, and he's going to give it to me to possess it. I'm going to believe the Lord. Abraham believed in the Lord, and God counted to him for righteousness. Abraham made a choice to believe the Lord. And the Lord responded to Abraham's choice to believe him with destiny. I want to say to us here today, we got to be careful with when in our hearts we say within ourselves, I don't know if I believe that. You ought to be rigid with that thought and kick it out of your mind and say, I won't allow doubt to stay here. I won't allow unbelief to stay here. I'm going to believe the promises of God because the promises of God are followed by the blessing and the inheritance of Almighty God today. Can we clap our hands if we believe that hallelujah 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 we must be ruthless with doubt we must be ruthless with doubt with when we start feeling that and we all have had that thought in our mind I'm not sure if I believe that it's the things that we don't say but the things that we think it's the things that we don't say but the things that we wonder and we process and go back and forth with our mind settle it within yourself I'm going to believe God I'm going to believe God I'm going to believe God I'm going to trust God because when we believe God He's going to account it for righteousness. And when Abraham believed, the Lord responded to Abraham's choice with destiny. In verse 7, the Lord says back in response to Abraham's belief, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees, It was a pagan land, a pagan nation uh, to give thee this land to inherit it. 
because you're believing on me, I'm going to give you an inheritance. Because you believe what I said, I'm going to bless you with things you don't deserve, things you cannot earn, uh, showers of blessings, uh, showers of miracles, showers of promises. That is what happens to the life that decides that they are going to believe God. Ecclesiastes 12.1, let me say, it's a choice to believe. It's a choice to believe. It's a choice to not believe. We must be very careful. We got to catch ourselves because, uh, amen, flesh and the reasoning within our flesh uh, will rob us of an inheritance. Church, hear me today. Reasoning will rob you of an inheritance. Uh, I believe that, amen, I think if there's anything that breaks the heart of God, it's all the inheritances that he would have given that are laid up in heaven, but because they didn't believe. I would have done this. I would have done that. I had this planned. I had this place. I had this home. I had this miracle. I had it all laid up for you. Let us choose to believe. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. When the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember, choose to believe. Graduates, choose to believe. And choose to remember God. Remember God. Commit your entire life to serving the Lord, your creator, now. Everybody say now. I remember being a teenager. Seeming further and further away. Amen. And I remember being in youth group with students who had plans to put off serving God. I come to church with my parents, but wait till I'm grown. I can come to church anymore. I'm here because they made me. I'm, I'm here because they had this. They had plans to serve God. Let me tell you something. This year has been 21 years since I've graduated from high school. I remember those first few years after high school. And how critical the decisions are that we make right after high school. They are so big. The, the, the choices that determine our destiny are huge. And I, I remember hearing the conversations and being in the conversations that, yeah, you know, you know the choices that we were going to make. And I remember, amen, graduating in year one out of high school and year two out of high school. And all of a sudden, students that I'd known since ninth grade. We'd gone to youth group together, youth camp together, church services together. We prayed together in altars. We cried for one another. We had fun youth events together. All of a sudden, as we began to turn 18, 19, 20, I began to see friends that I'd seen every Sunday fizzle out and no longer serve the Lord. 
they were always busy. Sometimes people are busy because they want to be busy. Sometimes people are tired because they want to be tired. It's a choice. It's a choice. And I remember... And I look like I look back now, and I'm, you know, these are these are my youth group friends, and so I'm friends with many of them on Facebook, and I see their lives, and and there are some of them that are still not serving the Lord. Twenty plus years later, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. You know, when I'm 40, I'll get to it. When I'm 30, I'll get to it. When I get my first house, I'll get to it. When I get married, I'll get to it. When I have my first child, I'll get to it. And, and uh, I, I, I have this picture in my mind of all these things that got to line up for me to commit and give my life to God. I want to do this first. I want to travel the world first. Uh, I, I, I want to go to college first. Uh, I want to I sow my wild oats first. I want to get buzzed. I remember. This isn't in my notes here. But when I graduated to college, I went to Radford University, started going off there. It was across the state of Virginia, five hours from my hometown. And uh, I remember um, classmates saying, you're going there? I'm like, yeah, I'm going there. It's like, don't you know about that school? I'm like, what do I need to know about that school? Radford's a party school. It's like, really? I mean, I've already accepted. I've already enrolled. I've done all. I'm going. And and so I go to this school, and I was there for a year and a half, and I eventually returned going, going to college at home in my hometown. But I remember seeing people that I knew from other churches, students that I knew Students that, that, that I knew from across the state, even some people that, that, that you, you know, you start going to orientation, you start meeting other students, and they say, yeah, I'm a believer too. Well, Thursday night was party night. It's when it started on campus. I lived on campus, lived in a dorm. And I remember, not with a condemnation, but I remember being grieved as I watched some of those people that I called friends Walking in, stumbling over themselves, inebriated, out of their mind. I could go on, but I won't for sake of our audience today. And I thought, don't get me wrong, I understand that people make choices and there's redemption and so on, but why would you wait to serve God? Remember your creator. You may not have a chance to get old. Listen to me. You may not have a chance to get old. Oh, pastor, that's tough. That's life. That's not me. I got to, I, I, I mean, by the grace of God, I'll see 70. By the grace of God, I'll see 80. Amen. But I may not have a chance to get old to serve the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. I must choose the Lord today. I must choose the Lord today. I must work out my own salvation today. Today. 
There are many trials in life, and those trials only multiply and compound when life is not intertwined with and fully committed to God. There are already many trials in life, but those trials compound and multiply apart from God. Make a choice to remember to serve the Lord. The word remember in the scripture means to recall, to think of, to remind yourself, to keep in remembrance, to mention, to record, to always keep on your mind Jesus first. Remember to serve the Lord more than you remember to go to work. Remember to serve the Lord more than you remember to go to school and do your homework. Remember to serve the Lord more than you remember your recreation and leisure. Remember to serve the Lord more than you remember money and fame. Remember to serve the Lord more than you remember mom or dad or any other relationship. I'm not speaking against those things. Those are precious things. Those are needful things. But we must be mindful about the Lord more than every one of those things. I remember being on that college campus. It's like I'm five hours away from home. There's temptations all around. Nobody will know. And I remember coming to a point in my walk with God to say, is this real or not? There wasn't a church in town that believed like I believe. There wasn't an apostolic church. There is one now. I met, I, I, I met the church planner a few years back. I was like, man, I'm so glad you're in this town. Amen. I'm so glad you're planning a church here. And, uh, but I remember there wasn't an apostolic church in town, and I didn't have a car. And through the goodness of the Lord, I met a friend. It was my freshman year. He was a senior. We are still, he, he's one of my best friends to this day. I found out that he believed like I believe, repentance and, and baptism in Jesus' name and baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I believe, I, I found out he believed the entirety of this book and not just parts of it. I was like, man, you believe that too? I said, yeah. Or he said, yeah. I was like, where do you go to church? He said, I drive home every weekend. I was like, where do you live? Martinsville, Virginia, two hours away. I was like, man. You go every week? I go every week. I said, can I get a ride? Can I get a ride to church? Two hours every single Sunday. We would go Saturday nights and spend the night at his parents. And they became like my second family. They, I mean, they would feed us good cornbread, <laughs> collard greens, fried chicken. I'm like, sister... Sister Marsh, if you're listening to this sermon, I love you and I thank you. I appreciate you. They took me in like a second son. And it helped me stay saved. And why are you always getting back so late on Sunday night? Been in church. 
Why? See, mom and dad aren't forcing me now. No one's twisting my arm now telling me, wake up, get dressed, brush your teeth. No, one's, no, this is my choice. I'm 18 and it's my choice. And I'm choosing to serve the Lord. The truth is, if you want to bad enough, you will. The truth is, if you want to bad enough, you will. I had nothing to prove to nobody. Amen. Those people in that church two hours away from campus didn't even know me. They wouldn't have ever even known me. I mean, nobody would have ever known. Sure, I would get a phone call from time to time from people in my home church five hours away. Amen. But they wouldn't have known anything. But I wanted Jesus. And I'm not saying that to put myself up. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we are all responsible for the choices we make. And we choose what we desire. And I said, Lord, I want you. I need you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. Remember. Remember. To serve the Lord every day of your life. You know, I want to say here today that the most important choice that you make, let's pick on our high school grad. I love this young man. I think the world of this young man, Johnny Alisea, and uh, I'm proud of you. And um, let's clap our hands for Johnny real quick. Come on. Has a servant's heart, loves to be involved in the community. You're a difference maker. You're bright, okay? A lot of good things are said about you now, and there will be a whole lot of good things said about you in the future, right? You need to know that and be prepared for how you're going to hold that and not let that get to your head. Receive the accolades, but point the glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord will open doors that no man can shut. And there's going to be times where God shuts doors that no man can open. And there's going to be doors that God shuts that you're going to want to be open. And you're going to be tempted to want to pry open. But let me tell you. Trust God. When he shuts a door, trust him. Because I've tried to pry open doors before. That God shut and regretted it. Okay? And I've learned along the way, when God shuts a door, trust him. Because that, that, that doesn't mean all the doors are going to be shut. That just means he has a better door somewhere else. Okay? So just remember that. But choose the Lord. God will give you favor, wisdom. Be a man of prayer. Be a man of the word. Learn the word of God. Study. Not in the, 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 the classroom sense, but walk in the word as one pursuing a rel lifelong relationship with the friend of all friends. The Lord has been my friend as we stand to our feet today.
I have failed him many more times than I can count. But he's been faithful. I think of the course of my life. I think of graduating from high school and the path of life since then. And it hasn't all been roses and peaches and cream and whatever all the fluffy stuff is. There's been some hard moments. There's been some difficult moments. There's been times of loss, times of rejection, times of waiting. Boy, I don't like waiting. I don't like when God says to wait. Okay? But what I've also learned is when God says to wait, it's better to wait. Because there's been times where I've regretted not waiting. The key is choosing to believe the Lord. Choose to remember the Lord. Choose to walk with the Lord. People will come and go. Money will come and go. Can I get a witness, church? Ooh, that was an amen on that one. Because it will. Stuff will come and go. But Jesus comes and stays. Jesus comes and stays. I can trust Jesus with my life. You can trust Jesus with your life. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Solomon wrote this, said, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I'm going to say the whole point of life. It's not as complicated as we think it is. When it all comes down to it, there's only one thing that really matters in life, Solomon was saying. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. When it all comes down to it, it's this. Fear God. Have deep reverence and respect and honor for God. And keep his commandments keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil the whole point of life. Fear God. Have deep reverence for God. That's what fear means. And keep his commandments. In every season of your life, choosing to serve the Lord will be the best decision you ever make. I've chosen them when I've been broke. I've chosen them when I've had money. I've chosen them when I had to eat nothing but ramen noodles chosen when I've had a nice day. I've been around not the whole world, but I've been I've traveled, I've seen a few places. Had some amazing experiences in my life, but none of them compare. Hear me. I don't have to psych myself up to say that. None of them compare. 
to Jesus. In every season, choose to obey his commandments. Choosing to obey his commandments will be the best decision you ever make. At college, Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. In marriage, Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. In your career, Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. With money or without it, Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. Where you decide to live, whether it's here or life takes you somewhere else. I'm not in my hometown. The call of God brought me here. That's why I'm here. That's that's what brought me here. Yeah, I married a Connecticut girl, but I had plans to stay in Virginia. Come on, man, I'm from Virginia Beach area. The Lord, the Lord called me here. That's why I'm here. Where you decide to live, Jesus will be the best decision you ever make. May Jesus be your first choice and frequent choice. Choose Jesus today and forever. You won't find a person nearing the close here. We're going to pray in just a moment. You won't find a person who regrets choosing Jesus more. But you'll find many who regret not choosing Jesus enough. I want to say that again. You won't find a person who regrets choosing Jesus more. I didn't say church tradition. I didn't say religiosity. I said choosing Jesus. There's a difference. You won't find a person who regrets choosing Jesus more, but you'll find many who regret not choosing Jesus enough. I've regretted every time I didn't choose Jesus. I've regretted every time I didn't say yes to him. And when it all comes down to it, the only thing that really lasts in life is Jesus. I want to ask all of our graduates to come down here in the front area facing me. Come on. I know we got some older graduates and some younger graduates, but amen. come on up here. I want you to look at Pastor Stan here. The older I get, and I'm not old, but I'm nearing middle age, I'll say, my choices feel so much more weighty. I feel the sense of running out of time in a way I didn't feel when I was 20, in a way that I didn't feel when I was 18. My choices have so much more weight now because I can't waste time. I don't have time to waste. And if you can get to a place in your life, and all the adults will say amen to this, where youth and vibrancy find wisdom, I want the adults in this house, if you're, if these graduates, if your families are here, I want you to come forward and stand behind your graduate. 
today. But I want us to pray for these graduates. Amen. Because the choices, the choices, parents, listen. You know, I learned from an elder pastor. I was talking to him. He's in his 70s, about to retire. And he got to talking to me. He said, you're a parent? I said, yeah, you know. He's like, how old is your son? And you know, I told him, and he's like, oh my gosh, you look too young, which I'm just so used to that now. This is, this is what it is, you know. I said, yeah, that's my son. And uh, he said, there's three seasons of parenting. Three seasons of parenting. He said, zero to 12, it's control. Don't run out to the street. Make sure you eat your vegetables. Make sure you do your homework. You know, you're always trying to save them from danger. Don't jump on the couch because you might fall over and do such and such. 12 to 19 is coaching. Coaching. You're coaching your children. Yeah, you can do this, but here's the outcome if you make this decision. And 12 to 19 is teaching your children to make choices that they can live with and be pleased with and be grateful for. And 19 and above is companion. They reach a level of maturity, or at least they should, where you can love them shoulder to shoulder as a parent. And in these seasons, I'm talking to different seasons of students here, but the best thing parents you can do is teach your children, number one, to serve the Lord. Model it. Example it. If you don't pray, they won't pray. If you're not faithful, they won't be faithful. Model to love the Lord your God with all thy heart, soul, and mind and strength. That's number one. And number two, teach them the value of choices. The value of choices. Because in life, we are all the product of our choices today. I want, amen, graduates, if you'll just lift your hands unto the Lord. Parents, if you'll put your hands on their shoulders here today. And congregation, if you'll stretch your hand towards these graduates here. I want us to pray and ask the Lord to touch these graduates in these various seasons of life. Would you lift your voice in prayer? Lord, right now.
Why don't we take a moment to continue to pray? Uh, and can we give ourselves unto the Lord? This altar is open if you would like to come up. Uh, amen. Let's dedicate our choices to the Lord today. Uh, Lord Jesus, I've come to you, Lord. Uh, I'm going to choose you this day. Uh, I will serve the Lord. Uh, my In my house, uh, we will serve the Lord Jesus. Uh, we're going to be a house of prayer. We're going to be a family of prayer. We're going to be a